everybody, welcome to episode 115 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, you can call me Fish. With me as always, he's my favourite sack of shit, Connor McDuff! Hello everybody, how are you? I don't know why I asked you that question, none of you can fucking hear me at all. How are you, Fish? Well, they can hear you, they just can't talk back. They can't, yeah, I'm they good. can't talk back. I'm good, good? thanks, yeah, thanks. So man. let me just give everyone a quick rundown, because I'm going to tell everyone, I need to tell everyone what's happened, quickly. <laughs> this is the second time today we're recording this podcast. Before, we had a good friend on, who uh, was an animator on Underworld. I start talking about the film plot. Um, I was talking about the first Underworld film plot, because I believed that's what we, was meant to be, we were meant to be seeing, which is my fault because I <laughs> half listened to quite literally everything Fish says. Yeah, so it's true. We start talking about it and Fish is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is that the first film? And I'm like, yeah. And Fish went, well, we're, we're reviewing the new one. And I went, oh. So I quite literally stopped the podcast at 9.45 this morning, fanged it down to the movies, saw the film, came home, and now we're here. This yeah. has been my day. Fuck my life. <laughs> this has been quite, my day. It was actually, it was hilarious. We we sat near, so as, as Connor just said, my my friend Pete, who actually worked on this film, he was an animator on this movie. We got him in, we were going to have him be a part of the podcast. He was going to give us a little bit of an insight into, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And Connor starts doing this plot, <laughs> the plot synopsis. And he's talking about the plot of the first film. And I'm, I'm starting to think, I'm like, well, I guess this was in the recap at the start of Underworld Blood Wars. And I'm thinking they're chasing a human. You started, yeah, you said something about them chasing a human. I'm like, oh, they're not chasing a human in this one. And I'm like, yep. oh shit, we've watched different movies. <laughs> I fucked up. And it's funny because it's taken us, what, what I like is that it's taken us 115 um, episodes for this to happen, which is good. You know, like yeah, 115. You know. This is the only odds. other thing I've done aside from this, that's fucked, is watching Mad Max 3 at 1.5 speed because I literally was under the clock yeah. and had to watch it. I, had to, I literally watched a movie slightly faster than usual to make sure I fit in time. So this takes the cake. I fucked up. I don't know what, like, the worst thing I can do now is read, like, a plot synopsis of a film, and I'd never do that because that would be really shit. <laughs> this was an accident. I didn't mean to do this, but here we are. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. So, like, as, as Connor said, we, um, we're going to be talking about Underworld. We've just come off a bunch of romance films, so this is a breath of fucking fresh air for me, at least. I'm assuming it is for you too, Connor. It's a breath of uh, fresh cum. Yeah, all, all over your face. Mm. I'm looking forward to talking about a bit of action because we're going to go from this. Um, next week, we're going to start talking about Resident Evil. We've got Star Wars. Like We've we got like boy stuff coming into our lives we got again. we boy like, things coming out, so yeah. all you girls listening, go shove up. And the, go shove a written copy of the notebook up your vagina and cream to the thought of Nicholas Sparks writing another shit book, you cunt. Sorry. <laughs> that was a bit much. So yes, we are going to be talking about Underworld. Blood Wars, not Underworld, the first movie, as Connor Sorry. made that mistake of. We did talk to my friend Pete. Uh, he's not here to do the review with us now because he had to go off to work. But I did manage to sit down with him and just do like a little standalone interview. Let's so, play the clip. Let's play the clip. Okay, so I'm here with my buddy Pete Basoli, who actually worked on Underworld Blood Wars. What's going on, Pete? Uh, not too much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting me in. No, thank you for coming in. Hey, what did you do on this film? Uh, so what I do, so I'm one of the 3D animators, uh, works for a company in Melbourne. So we worked on a few uh, different scenes within the film. So our main scenes were... 
the ice scene and the Nordic ice scene where Marius fights uh, Celine on the ice. And we also did the cage fight scene between Marius and Celine. Kind oh, of like towards. the final, the final fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So where it all comes undone for Marius then. So yeah. where they kind of first meet and when they end up. So that was our sort of main chunks of the film that we worked on. So mainly you did Marius, like in in his lichen hybrid, whatever the hell he is form. Yeah. So so when Marius changes into yeah, his hybrid form, or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so once that happens, it, it's full CG. He's full CG, obviously, which I think is pretty noticeable. I don't think anyone's fooled by that. Um, <laughs> you mean it's this, not real? Not in this one. Um, so once that happens, so animators take over, we become like, we start do the acting for it and all that sort of stuff and do the performances and, and, and everything, which is pretty easy in this one because every time he changed into a lichen he was just angry and he just punched people or stabbed people so we'll, we'll talk us through the process of like the animation you you you've, you basically puppeteer these things are you are you given a model or so so where, where does the hierarchy is where where you are in the chain of command what do, what assets do you get how does that work yeah so the way it comes to us so in this particular movie, um, the Marius model, so the design of Marius was actually done in Melbourne. So we did that in Melbourne. So there'll be um, like artists will go to the side and they'll come up with concepts and which we send away. Everything gets sent away for approval. So Marius concepts, um, once that's finally approved, then they'll build a rig, which is essentially like a digital puppet. Yeah. And then someone will put like a skeletal structure through the puppet. So everything is kind of legit. So, oh, so you can't like bend the, the elbow backwards yeah, or something like you that. Can't, like, you can, but it's noticeable. You can't kind of get away with it. So when okay. we get it, we pretty much get a 3D puppet that we can manipulate uh, any way we really want. And then we get that alongside with from the studio, we'll get uh, what are called plates which are so straight from the camera. We'll get raw footage from the camera. Oh, so like the scene, yeah. a plate of the scene sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. So the easier one to start with would be probably the cage fight scene because mm -hmm. it was a little bit more contained. Okay. So there's kind of less CG in it. So with that fight scene, the plates that we got was, um, so shots of Celine or Kate Beckinsale getting beat up mm -hmm. in that scene. So she gets punched around and the way they did it was on set they shot Kate Beckinsale there, but they also had a guy in a green suit who was punching into Kate Beckinsale. Okay, so she's not reacting to nothing. No. Somebody's actually beating on her. Yeah, which or is like a strange act, thing. like acting beating on her, you would hope. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, which is, I thought was a strange thing because I thought being acting being punched would be a fairly simple thing to do. <laughs> swing your head to the left, swing your yeah, head to the yeah, right, yeah. someone calls it out. But she, for some reason, needed someone to prompt her through it. Okay. Which, which makes, it, makes it more difficult for CG because then we've... Got to get rid of the green man. Yeah, yeah. But is, is it easy because he is green? No, it made no difference. Oh, I don't, really? actually don't know why. Because it's not like green. They put the green in there. I guess it's easier to cut out because every he stands out from the background. He's this yeah, like, yeah, bright yeah. green latex suit dude. But you still got to paint him out. So what we did, so my role is to put Marius in there to replace the green man Over with the Marius. The green man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get certain prompts. So at, it's, at certain times, obviously, Kate's... Swinging ahead, which means you have to punch her. Then, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah. you can't kind of the timing of it's not too loose. Oh, yeah, 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 you have. Yeah, but the way we can do it is different. Is uh, sort of an artist interpretation or whatever you whatever you want to call it, where yeah. we can kind of do it. However, which was an interesting part in that because he does it over sort of five or six different shots, which ended up going out to five or six different animators. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to complete the whole scene. Yeah. 
So when we have artist interpretation or whatever you want to call it, um, come back, we ended up with five or six different fight styles initially, oh. which is... <laughs> so what, like you, you got a wrestler and, a, and yeah, a, yeah. You know, a judo chop going on. So the shots get divvied out. Everyone walks away, comes back a week later with their shot, yeah. put it all together and press play and end up with five different things. So is right? that is that in the cut now? Like is it like when we, you watched it last night as well, like is it still that? They a little bit, change. yeah. They actually, yeah. for some reason, in that scene, did a lot of two D digital zooms. Oh, I don't know okay. if you noticed it. So the shots that we, the shots that we handed off were quite wide, like you'd expect, kind okay. of like full frame. But yeah. for some reason, they did a lot of digital zooms, which kind of cut a lot of the action out. Anyway, oh, interesting. In okay. that scene, um, but yeah, you do walk away. So when when we came back, so the way that I kind of approached it, Marius is, you know, this big raging werewolf guy, and they sort of pointed out through the film that when they become hybrid, they can become kind of feral and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I sort of thought he should be like, he's not a boxer, right? He's not, he's not a karate black belt. He's a raging hybrid dude. So I had him kind of flailing, you know, big right, left hooks for his yeah. punches. And then the next scene was more, the animator had done more boxing. So he's doing uh, kind of more technical yeah, fighting like, styles. Yeah. He's doing jabs <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and kind of really precise, like, nice kind of not not karate yeah. but you know skilled trained punching I, I didn't notice it but because you have worked on like frame after frame by frame in this on that particular sequence that you it stands out to you so i wonder if like other people if we go on the internet right now we're going to see like internet haters being all like oh what's up with the fighting styles between yeah, that's like, right. or if it is because uh probably not so precariously you know going over the shots over yeah i think there's a lot like we stare at those frames for weeks on end yeah I and it imagine. really is i mean the amount of the amount of work that goes into such a quick shot is it's it, is, it literally ends up weeks into frames yeah, yeah and and crazy. on stuff like this because we did like in those shots so the first one of the shots that was mine is when marius enters the cage so celine like the sequence or, or whatever so celine bites her hand she has a flashback and then suddenly at the end of her flashback she realizes marius is in the cage now with her and jumps her so my couple of shots is when he runs over he grabs her by the throat picks her up throws her against the cage the next shot, he punches her once, I think with his right hand first, and then left hand, right hand. Anyway, so he punches her a bunch of times. And those are yours? Punches? So those are my... Because I noticed those ones. I noticed the big haymakers. Yeah, so those... Like, yeah, 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 then yeah. that's what I was going for, the big haymakers. So those are my couple of shots. But we did... Once the bulk of the animation is done and you get him there and you get that done, we were doing things like muscle tweaks, like little things like he's... You, you would never notice it, but like his pecs move, his abs mm. move, he breathes, mm, yeah, all right. that sort of stuff. And when we... When we work on it, there's no hair because he's quite hairy. Yeah, he's all yeah. over like werewolf. Um, so there's no hair. I, th I guess that was my next question is, do people like come in and, and render out a better version of the model later? Like when, when you're working with it, does it look pretty like, like yeah. generic? Like is it just like a really average looking model or is it pretty close to what it looks like now? They get It gets better and better as... I suppose as technology gets better. So what we, like even 10 years ago, what we would have worked with would just have been a gray puppet. Mm, mm. No no features, no skin tones, almost no color. They would yeah. just be gray, really simple kind of polygons. Enough that you could see what was happening when you yeah, animated. Yeah, so you still yeah. need to see what you're doing. Well, that's what I assumed it was still like, and it's not like that now. You... It's, it is getting better now. So yeah. we work in, the way that the way it works is we have different res models. So 
when we're doing the chunkier, you know, movements, you know, swinging punches, stuff that doesn't, you don't need to see finer details. We have low res models that we work with. Yeah. And then when we get into the higher res stuff, so like facial animation, eyes blinking, looking mm. around, you know, twitches in the mouth, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, we, we can switch to a high res model. And that, oh, okay, cool. And that gets, that's a lot more detailed. So that has like textures to it. Um, obviously you can see, you know, the eyes and that sort of stuff. And mm. it's kind of slower, but it's a lot more finicky work anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that it's important. Like even though those scenes are so quick and they're just two second shots, the kind of the finer stuff that actually sells what animation sells, sells the character. And yeah, it lives, that's right. It's a living, breathing. Yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. It's just one thing. Like I, you know, I've I, I'm a filmmaker, but I don't even begin to understand the visual effects and animating side of things. That's when we have chats. I'm always just so like wow like what the hell and you're like telling me all this stuff that just goes over my head half the time but i'm like and it's just really impressive that the amount of work that you guys go through for very little credit and so like tip of the hat to you sir but well just tell me because you did talk about that other scene that your crew worked on um and you work at luma by yeah. the way, which is a melbourne-based animation studio the nordic fight out in the near the waterfall you were telling me that that a lot of that was this set extension, which basically yeah. is putting fake scene, like yeah. you, you've put, you know, the stuff into the horizon. That's fake, right? Like, yeah. So the other scene was, um, it was a mix of, of character animation, which is the Marius side of it. But then we also did a lot of set extensions, like you were saying. Yeah. So they actually built majority of that as a set, which was really interesting and something that I was surprised oh, wow. yeah, that they cool. did. So the waterfall shot. Well, not the waterfall, but the frozen waterfall, I guess, yeah, is yeah. set, is built. And you can kind of see it. So there's a part in the movie where they climb up using yeah, those small yeah. knives. And yeah, you can yeah. see it's styrofoam built. It's mm. it's sort of strange. But but they also built um, the ice that they stood on. Oh, with, okay. So in a big sound studio, they had the ice floor with actual moving ice yeah. bergs or whatever you want to yeah, call yeah, it, ice yeah. caps. So they actually moved. Um, but what we did was kind of outside the 10 meter radius of where they stand. So if they build a 10 meter set that they stand on, everything outside of that. So all the mountains in the background, mm. um, the, above the waterfall. So the waterfall, the frozen waterfall may have been two or three meters high. Yeah. And then we replicate the rest of it, um, the castle on the top, all that sort of stuff. And then kind of anything that, that shot on the horizon is extended. Mm. We added all the, um, all the snow effects in there. Oh, all, okay. Because it's just shot inside. Yeah, it's shot yeah, in the yeah. sound studio. So, so was there no snow flurries or anything? So you, that's all added? They did have stuff on set. Like they have fake set snow. Yeah. And there's a couple of guys that kind of have wind blowers and that sort of stuff to try to move it around. Right. Um, but anything that's flying through the air that looks like snow is just added um, yeah, right. on top. In that particular scene, there was quite a lot of reshoots. Mm. And the reshoots were done, weren't done with Kate Beckinsale. They were done with a stunty, like a yeah, stunt double. Yeah, yeah. Who has the body like Kate Beckinsale and at all and that sort of stuff. But her face is very, <laughs> very different. She's not, she's not a straight one for one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we do, the reason we actually kind of added the snow into it at certain times, we just needed it to cover her face. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's a couple of shots where she runs like straight into camera and without the snow, it's just, and you can st I noticed it last night again because I spent so much time yeah, looking at yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but there are some shots in there where it's very clearly not, not her not her yeah right. yeah and there's other things as well like there's little fun kind of fun facts or fun tips or whatever else so there's parts of it where um so kate beckinsale's character wears these 
big boots, kind of big, you know, vampire. She's got yeah, huge, yeah. chunky high heel yeah. things on. And so when Kate was doing her scene, she was wearing those. When we got the stunt double in, yeah. for a lot of the running stuff, she couldn't run in those. So they had to swap out her boots. So in some of the shots, she's wearing flat boots. And oh, then really? for some of the more, like the biggest stunts where she's diving around in that scene, she's actually just wearing joggers. Yeah, right. Just wearing black Nikes. Black Nikes. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah, this, these are little things that you, your general audience member isn't going to notice because you so you just sort of go with the flow of the scene. And even I do, you know, like I, I understand to a certain extent how things are cut together and, and you know, that we are, there are always going to be doubles, especially when it comes to things like this because I'm almost certain that Kate Beckinsale can't fight that much. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I know that, but I don't ever notice those sort of things because it's so well, you know, sort of put together, I guess. And um, Yeah, it always comes down to with those sort of things that is what you expect to see. So in the shot before, you saw Kate Beckinsale, she's wearing black. Mm. In the next shot, it's some other chick wearing black. Close but enough. You, but you expected Kate yeah. Beckinsale. Yeah, She'll you're do. absolutely you even, right. You don't even think twice. Yeah. But if you sort of break it down and frame by frame, there's some funny... <laughs> if you break it down frame by frame, the film industry is full of lies. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. So what animation did you do in that particular scene? Did you do any of the snow or is that like a set decorators? Uh, so the visual effects guys. So there's an effects department that will do that sort of stuff. So yeah. the snow is um, simulated. Mm-hmm. so they'll run it through it's kind of code and, and some other stuff but the effects guys will kind of shot by shot and then another like so we sort of always feel like i'm pulling apart it's kind of what i work on but little <laughs> things like if you watch it again none of the snow sticks to the characters so i did in that particular stuff where uh celine gets stabbed with the sword so when she is finishing fighting with marius and stumbles back and i think it's alexia alexa or something the redhead girl yeah alexia the big tongue the tongue tongue yeah yeah yeah, who who stabs her from behind so those four or five shots of her being stabbed of mine um and the sword kind of the sword like the sword as you you yeah the sword coming through because it didn't actually go through her apparently what What? (laughs) yeah (laughs) well we were given um so the plates that we were given alexia the actress was just holding um the hilt or the like the yeah, sword yeah. handle that yeah. had a tiny little sort of three or four centimeter blade i guess yeah. and she just held that and stuck that into the back of celine i guess to give um kate beckinsale something to react to yeah yeah as well something to be jabbed yeah. with and does that help you having the hilt like can you like you know exactly how the angle should be to an extent so there's one shot where you try to make it kind of match up as real as you can because you're sort of limited then to what you can actually do, right? Because it has to, the, the rest of the sword has to match what she's holding. But mm. there's one front-on shot and I think it's in the film it ended up being a lot slower than what we did. So they must have retimed it, but it's quite slow. So it's a shot front-on of Kate Beckinsale, arched back, sword coming out through her chest, the redhead chick standing behind her. Mm. And initially when the sword, the angle of the sword doesn't work with the shot, if you oh, if you okay. matched it one for one so yeah, if you look at it again yeah. the sword coming out for me i think looked nice on camera so yeah. the sword it's not straight dead to camera but then when she pulls it out it's quite fast motion but it's they're two different swords they're not actually yeah right they don't match but it's so fast and again it's just movie stuff so it's sort of yeah it looks it's like part. what like four or five shots of different I, I just remember it being really quick yeah her getting yeah. stabbed it was so. quicker when we did it actually like, oh really yeah, so they, they slowed, slowed it down they slowed a bunch of it down which yeah. was nice for me it just meant my shot lasted longer, yeah there you go yeah Get a little bit more well shit man that must be um that must be pretty exciting to be working on these big hollywood blockbusters 
because uh, what are your, your other credits? Like, we won't go into them, but you worked on Ant-Man and you worked on Doctor Strange. Is that right? Yeah, so we come straight off... Um, come straight off Doctor Strange. Well, actually, we were still working on Doctor Strange when we um, were finishing up on this as well. So I initially got hired to work on Underworld. So yeah. that was my contract or whatever you want to call it. So I came in to do Underworld. But we were kind of so far behind on Doctor Strange that I ended up doing for the, at least the first half of my contract just Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. So you got yeah. a bit of you get a bit of variety. Yeah, it was vampires hard. and lichens, and then you get crazy yeah. Benedict Cumbersnatch doing yeah, his thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Doctor Strange was a, just a crazy nightmare. Like it was just, and you could see the difference. I mean, everyone complains, you know, the underworld CG isn't maybe the greatest thing. Like yeah. it's not the greatest thing, yeah, but then yeah. we were still. We're doing Doctor Strange, which is probably going to be the greatest thing at least this year visually. So yeah, yeah absolutely, it was, it was yeah. stunning. Do you love working on these big movies? Is oh, it, yeah. The exciting? first time with Ant-Man, the first time I saw my shots on the screen in Ant-Man, I only cried. It's like, for me anyway, it's... Oh, I would too, man. That's the best. Like, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, it was definitely a life uh, tick, 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 tick in that tick. box. Yeah, definitely. Well, Pete, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks, um, me and Connor are going to go and do a full review of Underworld Blood Wars right now. We're probably going to get pretty nasty towards it yeah like just a sign i had nothing to do with the writing the acting <laughs> just all nothing to do with that it doesn't mean that i like i'm I, I like the film like i like the underworld movies i've been going back and watching them um so i'll probably say into some nice things connor's generally just a sack of shit so um yeah, yeah worry, i hope we don't so. offend you by anyway <laughs> but no it's, it's it's good to get your insight and um it's you know, this is a, a certain part of filmmaking that I'm not really fully aware and I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't either. So thank you for uh, filling us in. Great. Thanks for having me. Okay, the clip's been played. We actually <laughs> both paused for a second, like as if the clip was coming. <laughs> Where's it coming? It's not coming. It's not coming. <laughs> do you press play or do I press play? I think you so, press play. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So that's that's Pete Pasoli, guys. It's, it's It was great that he could come in and just give us a bit of an insight of the animator's point of view because it's something that... Like even as, you know, I'm a filmmaker, but I don't really know shit about that side of things. And I, I don't know about you, Connor, but like... Oh, uh, visual effects are quite literally like my... I fucking... I like... I get it, but I hate it. Like, I just hate it. It's yeah. just so much work and time. And I'm uh, not about work or time. Yeah, I have little yeah. of either, you know, so... That's why we're directors. We tell other people to do it. I <laughs> Literally it. Yeah. <laughs> Directing's the easiest job on set. If anyone tells you otherwise, they're fucking lying. Directors are the useless you. one. They're the, the most unskilled person on hey do you want this thing or this thing and a director goes that thing because of this reason and you go okay that's a director's job yeah that's what a director does they make hey i have this idea and people go all right that's fuck everybody else make it for us that's yeah hey i want to do this thing can you do it for me and i get paid the most on set and everyone goes yeah like it's just such a anyway it's ridiculous anyway well now that we're here Connor, can you tell us the plot of this movie? We'll take two. Yeah. You know what happened in Blood Wars now. Yeah. So there's a there's a war between the werewolves and the vampires, which seems to be a common Ooh, thing. Something new, yeah. I know, something new. This time, the werewolf leader, um, he's real evil, and he wants to um, overthrow the vampires. Again, n common theme in these films. So Celine's off on the run. The vampires ask her to come back because they've realised they can't win against the werewolves and they want her to train the new recruits because she's really good at killing things. Mm. And she says, yes. And she gets there and the vampire lady lord betrays her and tries to take her blood because Celine's blood is really pure and she can stand in sunlight and shit. So she hooks her up and like betrays her and they kill all the recruits and make it look like Celine's a murderer and killed all these vampires. And then her friend, who looks so familiar, I don't know what else I've seen him in, 
Her friend saves him. Divergent. Her, divergent, that's it. Her friend saves her and they escape and they go um, far north and the werewolves find this out and they want Celine's blood because they want her kid, Eve, because Eve, um, something happened there. Anyway, bloody, they're up there, the werewolves come, they have a fight, we find out that divergent guy, um, he's the true heir to the throne. Um, and he's like a grand elder vampire. And so he's like, well, fuck, hey, I guess I better deal with that. So he takes his big silver sword. Well, and Celine supposedly dies. Um, and we find out that the big werewolf guy is a hybrid between vampires and werewolves, just like um, Michael is in the first one. So he's like a big bat. He's real scary. Anyway, old mate goes back. Divergent goes back to the castle. He's like, hey, this bitch is full of shit. She's a filthy liar. She, she's wrong. I'm the true heir. The council find out. Um, and as they find out, the werewolves are coming to fuck some shit up. So they're rocking up. Man, I'm swearing so much. I just remembered that I have a slap count. <laughs> anyway, they, they rock up. Werewolves, they have a big old fight. Uh, the werewolves lose. Uh, we find out that um, Celine comes back. She's not dead. She has blonde streaks in her hair. So basically she has become Super Saiyan. Yep. And she can teleport around and stuff. She comes back and they're having a fight. She kills the main werewolf dude, hybrid thing. Finds out that he was the one that killed her boyfriend. And that's really sad. And then Divergent stabs the evil vampire lady in the mouth. He's the king. Celine becomes an elder. And everyone's happy. You. And there's a new one coming out next year. Another sequel. Well, that's a, this is something that uh, I want to bring up straight off the bat. Is that I am very surprised that we got another Underworld movie. Oh, really? I really am. Like, I, I know there is a fan base to this movie. But I've... From my memory of these films, they weren't ever like stand out to me. They weren't yeah. like these, this, you know, they weren't Transformers or something. They weren't the massive franchise that everybody kept coming in troves to see. Like I'm, I've got a few friends that are, are big fans of it and they love the lore and they love all that. And I can understand that, but I never really got into them. I, I found that I always found them quite meh. Like they weren't bad. They weren't good. They were just kind of that in-between fodder that i just quickly forget about so when a new sequel comes out i'm forgotten the last one and i don't really know what's going on so i, I don't have the law behind me and all that sort of thing so i'm really surprised that they've come back with another one i don't actually i i lie i do remember liking the last one awakening i think whatever number four was that was the one that kate beckinsale came back for because the oh, wait it was she was she not in the third one no so the third one is like a prequel it's the rise of the lichens it's so it's the, like it's like fast and the furious three yeah it's pretty like, much pretty much it's 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 like that one there where it didn't do too well oh man no. okay yeah enough. we know we need to bring back another we need to bring back the, the star because there's, really there's, the, they're announcing a tv series i'm reading right here wiseman announced that an underworld tv series is in development oh wow I just don't feel like there's that much demand for this. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What, I, like, you you only just went now, but I can't imagine your cinema would have been too full. But well, mine... no, and I don't like vibe it. Like, it wasn't. It's not necessarily a. I don't know. It's not. It's not. It's not a fantastic franchise. You know what I mean? No. I like I. My cinema was full-ish. I went Thursday night, so opening night. Mm. You know, there it was probably about maybe a third full, which. It was even surprising to me, but people were getting amongst it and, and, and were quite excited for it. But like, I'm actually even surprised it's got a cinema release. Like this feels like yeah. a straight to DVD sort of movie. 
So what I what I had to do is I and you have also because you accidentally watched the first film. Yep. Good thing I did. I went back and watched the first after after watching this this one. I was like, man, I really need to go back and fill fill in the blanks of this law. Like I I sort of recognized the you know the backstory like the little recap that we got at the start of the film, but I was like, I really I feel like to make this film make more sense to me, I need to solidify a lot of things. So I went and watched the first one and actually giving it a chance, I found that I really enjoyed it. I, I really got into it. And I, the first I me- one? Yeah, yeah. And I immediately went on and watched the second one, which I think is even better. And then I watched a bit of the third one just before we started this as well. So I'm, and I'll probably go and finish it. So now I'm, I'm kind of in the world and I understand why people are excited for it. Um, I am still surprised that we got a new one. So you went, you watched the first film. What did you think of the first film just quickly off the bat? It was okay. Like it had really cool moments. I think I was like, this is pretty cool, but there is a big exposition dump throughout the entire thing, which is something I want to talk about with this one as well. And yeah. that really killed it for me. There's a lot of lore in these films. Like they're very rich of like, like this is a world they've built and that's something I can respect a lot. And mm. I put, took notice of that while I was watching it. But at the same time, it, it is very exposition. It's like a big exposition dump a lot of the time. If there's no action, they're just talking about like a lot. There's a lot to follow. Like there's a lot going on in these films. Yeah. You know, like the first one, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Sorry. Like there's just a lot of this person was this person and this person is that and this is that. One of the things I do love though is that like the concept of them being vampires in the first one and in this one um, isn't necessarily something they play on a lot. Like, they don't pull the Twilight thing where it's like, you need to feed all the time. Like, blood's a big thing, but it's just implied. Like, yeah, you don't implied. really see them eat at all. It's really cool. I like that because, like, I, they clearly wanted an action film and just made them vampires, it felt mm. like, which was nice. I, f- I feel like, um, like, I don't fully understand what their feeding morals are. Like, I know that they don't feed on humans, um, well, in the first movie, they're very much amongst the human race, whereas in this new one, the humans, there's no humans in the whole film. Am I right in saying that? Like, There's none in this one. No. None. It's not even a thing they care about. No. So it's like, you know, they're living in this underworld, but yeah. they're really just going out doing whatever they want to do in this new one. It's like they completely have gone away from that urban mystery world that, you know, is going on while we're living to basically like a Game of Thrones style like kingdoms medieval you know sort of style uh yeah which is interesting to me because the underworld thing was always that urban feel Um, modern yeah yeah Yeah. and what i was saying before is like i i know that they talk about like they only feed on livestock and all that sort of thing so i assume they don't really eat the humans unless they're bad vampires but they they don't really go into it they make a comment about it where they feed on livestock and that the whole reason that um, her parents were killed by um, Victor, Victor in the first one was because yeah. that um, when you're like really old and powerful or something, like you can't just feed on livestock. So they purge and basically they purged her family. Yeah. Um, which is cool. You know, that's the sort of thing I like when it's just like they imply this thing and it actually propels the story and it, it gives you a big background. But the first one was a big exposi- exposition dump. It was fun though. But yeah. let's... Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. Well, the story in this one is that everybody's chasing Eve's blood, which is Kate yeah. Beckinsale's and Michael from the first one's daughter. A hybrid, weird daughter. She's got some sort of power. I, I know this came out in number four. I can't really remember it too much, but she's got blood that everybody wants, which seems we want to your be... your blood, motherfucker. 
which seems yeah. to be the fucking storyline for every single one of these movies. Somebody yeah. wants somebody else's blood and it will make them more powerful or give them something that will make them more powerful. So the first one, everybody wants Michael's blood because he's the hybrid. He, they want to change him. They want to morph him. They want to do whatever. I'm pretty sure in the second one, they might want him still, but they're ch- the, there's one guy, Marcus, is cha- he, he was referenced in the in the first one. He's the other hibernating vampire. He's he a, comes out now. and he's like the most powerful vampire of all time, like mm. the first vampire. And he's chasing Kate Beckinsale's blood because he wants to lick, basically lick her wounds and get that memory thing. You know how they can read the yeah. memory from the blood? He wants to find out what happened. Yeah. He wants to find out what happened, yeah. So it always seems like there's something about blood. Like, and this, this is just a repeat, again, of the same plot line, which... It's confusing to me. Why do we need a fifth movie if you're just telling the same story almost, you know? Yeah, and like I've only seen one of them and it felt very similar to the first one. You know, even the way the twists sort of occur in this, characters that you think are good are evil, characters that you think are evil turn out to be not that evil. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of like where it all it's all at and every no one's really anyone's friend and no one trusts one another. Um, that's kind of the general consensus for these films. But look, I kind of copped that on the chin. Like I went in and I was like, okay, like this it's a, it's it yeah. honestly, when a film's franchise like this, like I just expect it because a lot of the time they just, if it ain't broke. <laughs> you expect no, the, the hangover. You expect the well, hangover. Yeah, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when it's not like a Marvel film where you've got millions and millions and millions and millions and you simply have a couple of millions, you know, oh, woe is me. But um, you just, they, they generally will do the same thing they've been doing for a while. And I'm sure when I watch Resident Evil, I might feel very similar. I don't know yet. I haven't seen it. I'm just confused because, like, I guess I've watched one more movie than you Yeah. in the last 24 hours in, in this franchise. And considering that both of them were basically somebody's chasing somebody to get more powerful, it's just can't we just have something else if you have at least three like i'm and i can't remember number four but i'm, I'm it probably has some something similar as well if you're going to make a sequel like let's like keep it in the same vein but does it need to be the exact same story same. Uh, yeah i but then again like i said i like hangover too so who am i i'm a hypocrite who are you to, no well they're all different and there's a lot of reasons to like a different film but yeah. um look kate beckinsale is just the most attractive human being i've ever seen on screen like i don't know what it is like the whole it's not even the leather like i every time i notice her wearing black leather i'm like all oh, right this franchise started in 2003 yeah. like it's the most early 2000s like look ever is someone in all black leather like the matrix is yeah. brought it on it's very um, matrix isn't it? she's got the yeah. double does she do the double gun thing in this one uh yeah she did yeah it's like the the, the tomb raider double gun yeah. it's you know very matrix very blade you know looking cool as like fresh as hell you know yeah. um <laughs> and she like, does look good and she's a really good performer though in fact honestly one of the things i got to give props to in this film is that it's pretty well acted for the most part. No one's really too bad, you know? And like, I never, I, like, I didn't look at anyone and go, oh, they're stiff, which is funny because a lot of these sort of films do that where they put action over everything else. And so you find yourself watching a yeah, film with horrible, yeah. horrible performances. <laughs> we'll um, talk about that in Resident Evil. But this, um, I disagree a little bit. I think yeah. at times, Kate dipped. Her acting, I feel like there's just times where I was just like, oh, she's just a little bit lame there. I don't know. I wasn't into it. Like in that first one, I think she was on point. In the second one, she's on point. In this one, I'm kind of 
I just feel like this, uh, and it might just be a bit of like, oh, she needed a paycheck. I, I have that in my head, you know, going into yeah. these sort of movies. Yeah, going in with that perception. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like she, not that she phoned it in, but there was a few times where it just wasn't as strong as I know she can be. I felt like her action stuff was a little bit awkward at times. The actions in these films aren't that crash hot, though. Like, let's be real. No, they're not. They're not. They're not, not really. They're and like, okay. It's not, they're it's okay. not like it's not bad. It's just like I'm watching it, and they want you to be like, you, they want you to like, sort of bask in this amazing, like, action choreography. People running on walls and stuff, and mm. I'm like, but it's like shot to shit. Like, it's not. It's just. It's not well like established a lot of the time and like there's scenes where they want you to feel like it's super cool but i'm like i don't know what the fuck like what happened just then like where yeah i feel like, like there's I... a there's like a, a string of these type of movies so you were just talking before how how you you thought that underworld was part of resident evil like yeah. i've always kind of put those franchises in the same boat as well well they myself. look they look the same for one they literally look the same. Like um, if you put I, these two characters, the two leads in Resident Evil and Underworld, in the same and said, "Hey, these are the same," ooh. like they're in the same world, I'd go, "Yeah, fair enough." Like I don't know, the the color grade in Underworld is a lot bluer. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's that, obviously <laughs> the blue grade, but I'm saying like the aesthetic of the film itself. Yeah, like, yeah, they just yeah. they're very similar. But there's also you know? like you know movies like um, I think it was I Frankenstein, um, Legion, I think was another one. Uh, like there's all these. They're not quite massive budget movies, but they're visual effects extravaganzas where they've got creatures and, and there's going to be action and there's going to be a lot of gunfights and that. Like, I, I kind of put them on a lower level and I don't expect as much from them. Yeah. I just expect to go on, like the Resident Evil franchise, which we'll go well into very soon. I've always just gone in and I know they're not going to be like mind-blowing narratives but the action is going to be fun. It's not going to be top-notch Civil War action. It's going to be, like, fun action that I'm like, yep, she's going to blow someone's head off. This is going to have... It's going to be some usually some sexy chick jumping around doing her thing, you know, probably with a sword. <laughs> you know, it's like that sort of thing. Yeah, that's So it. you kind of go with it and, and you kind of... And you, you know, there's usually some sort of rich lore, but the problem with those sort of movies is these ex exposition dumps which, you know, is very prevalent in the Underworld movies. Yeah, what the hell? Like, I don't understand why. Like, it's just like... This is probably, like, my biggest gripe with this this film sort of franchise is, like, I'm watching it and, like, I'm like, okay, cool, here's this cool scene. I know exactly what's happening. Like, I get it. The mo Like, you're like, okay, here's the bad guy. She's betrayed everyone. Cool, all right. Like, what's what, what, what's going to happen now? But then they rock up to the castle and it's just a lot of talking again and a lot of chatting. And a lot of the time it's over the same stuff. They cover the same yeah. garbage over and over. Like, and it's, you know, the, the daughter thing. Like there's a scene where after she's free from being like basically in a coma, she drinks her mate's blood and has a flashback, right? Mm. But she has a flashback to events we literally just watched 30 <laughs> seconds ago. Like I'm yeah. like, how is this cut? Like... How did that make it in the film? Like, why did we need to see that? We know what she saw. Like, why? <laughs> what is the reason? There's nothing spe There's nothing new in that scene. Even the stuff like he gets to the castle and like finds out he's the heir to the throne. And like, I'm like, cool, that's cool. 
But, like, he goes and reflects on it for a whole bunch and basically, like, reflects on the same information for ages. And she's talking about stuff she's been talking about since the start. Like, I don't know where my daughter is. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to find it. Like, it's over it. It's so repetitive, you know? Mm. Like, the exposition's so... It doesn't ever really benefit much to the, the, to the basic story that I want to see. Yeah, no, you're right. My, my biggest problem is... Um... Like, the exposition is shit, but it really brings the pacing of this film down. And mm. that's my biggest gripe with the movie, is that it feels so slow at times. And it's been a, a, a constant problem with the franchise. Like To be honest, uh, going back and watching the other films, like the originals, I, I guess I kind of expected it a little more, so I've kind of accepted it now. But when I first sat down to watch this, and what I remember of watching every other incarnation before this, is just, like, I zone out a lot. I, I found that I was just really... My mind is all, is always drifting because there's just so much talking. It's very, like, pride and prejudice-y. Yeah, it like, is. Like, you know, very, like, you know, they're talking in old style and it's very, very proper and very, like, very on-the-nose exposition a lot of the time. And that just doesn't fucking fly with me anymore. I can't... When I'm sitting... When I pay attention to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. But, like, because it was so droning and I find, like, the fact... Like, I talked about this with Fantastic Beasts a little bit. Like, the cold grade that is going over this, I used to think was really kind of cool. Like, it was... Yeah. Like, it sort of felt like one of the first movies that really kind of did a crazy... It, it definitely wasn't, but the first movies that stood out to me as a teenager that did, like, a crazy stylistic grade. Like, it really made you feel like you're among dead people. You know what I mean? Like, it's very cold. It's very blue very grey, very, like, just drab. And I don't like drab grades anymore. Like, they just... There's something about it. If it's a boring-looking, you boring. know, finish it's over really it, boring. it makes me bored. And I, It's really I, boring and stupid. Yeah. You know? I found that in this new one, it's, like, next-level blue. Like, this whole movie is just silly blue. <laughs> like, I was just having a chat with Pete, the animator Pete, and he was saying when they had the had the footage, it wasn't graded and it was really nice. <laughs> like they had these really nice colors and like skin tones and all that sort of stuff. And that's all gone to make everything pale and drab. And it's, and I know it's a stylistic thing and it's the look of these films, but even like I w went back and immediately watched the first one after seeing this movie. And that first scene where she's in like the subway, you know, chasing the big, um, the big vampire, yeah. uh, the big werewolf guy. She, like she actually had some skin cut, color like she had skin tone i was like wow she just went from like a 10 which she is to a 21 because <laughs> you can see the color of I'm, I'm much more attractive and she looks so much more attractive so that's a big problem to me because i i was finding and you could ask my girlfriend becky who i watched blood wars with i would constantly be going to her hey what what just happened what what's going yeah. on because i was just fucking i was losing it my mind was wandering i'm thinking like yeah. oh i need to cut this podcast i need to do that and that and, uh, and that's not good no that's horrible and then like <laughs> you know and then they have these big grand action scenes that they like tell you are going to happen throughout the entire film and it's so underwhelming because it's, they're just not satisfying enough like to me the only one that i really dug was um, Celine versing Marius, whatever his name is, on the ice. Like, that was yeah, really cool. Yeah, that was But cool. everything else was just so lackluster. Like, there's just so much... Like, the fight in the fortress was just piss weak. Like, it just did not look great. The, you oh, know, the oh, biggest problem with that, just before you keep going, mm. the biggest problem I have with that 
particular scene, and actually it's a problem throughout the whole franchise, is when the lichens are transforming... No one does anything. Why aren't they shooting them? Yeah, that's... That <laughs> was literally like literally pointing the guns at them. Just kill um, them before they it's, change. It's really disappointing because, like, character motivation in action scenes quite literally makes or breaks it, you know? Like, if a character's not doing anything, a lot of the time that you're right, like, in this, in, in this franchise, that seems to be a thing. They just, like, expect the audience to be okay with it. But, like, I'm watching a scene where, like, a group of, like, beings who have lived for thousands of years are not competent enough to go, okay, we have people rappelling down a castle wall. We need to be, like, why are we not shooting them to death? Like, what <laughs> is going on? The other thing is, like, that scene quite literally ruins the entire final act, that scene where they're all the werewolves are turning. They are literally surrounded by vampires that are shooting at them. And none of the vampires shoot at them. Mm. I don't understand that at all. It, it, quite, it, it just wrecks it. The other thing is you have someone who is firing shots of sunlight. Like they're blowing up parts of the, of the castle and letting in sunlight to kill the vampires. You look at the gun. It's got endless rounds of ammunition. It's a machine gun. He fires about seven shots yeah. from this thing. Yeah. And that's it. He quite literally could have totally destroyed the entire castle. But they just expect you to be okay with it. Mm. And it's so... It's so frustrating because this is what the Underworld franchise, I think, really is why it's appealing. Is because it, again, it's you meant to, it's it's an action film. It is an action film with fantasy aspects, yeah. and I'm watching an action film that's not doing action very well, and the fantasy is boring. You know, mm. like where am I meant to be? Like, where is the appeal to this? And they do that. They, they, they just still hit, like, early 2000 tropes, like blonde streaks and hair being a big deal. <laughs> Celine comes back from being dead, and she's got blonde streaks in her hair, and, and she's meant to be all-powerful. Yeah, I saw look. her and laughed, because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Ooh, is that really... Let's, that... Um, let's leave that for now. I just want to talk a little bit about the actions, because that's a whole yeah. conversation right there. I just got a quick question about that gun. Mm. So, it was shooting UV rounds... Yeah. That's right. Why weren't they just shooting the vampires? And why did know. they need a UV gun to make holes to, to bring holes. sun in? Yeah. Which and, and then my next question is, why don't the vampires have a better system <laughs> to keeping out the sunlight? Why do I they know. have why do they even have windows? I know or rock that can just be shot like that. It's like you would think there would be like layers upon layers upon yep. layers. Or they would just live underground. That makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't um, make a lot of sense to me. But to be yeah, quite you're honest. you're totally right. Like, why not? Because and what I thought was going to happen when that big Gatling gun came out was that they were just going to annihilate everyone because it was made out that it was this big deal. Um, yep. And then we've got old Theo, Theo James, Mister Mister Divergent guy, David, having a shot. He's, he's shooting at the guy with the Gatling gun. Yeah, like endless rounds and none of them hit. It's no. the most disappointing. <laughs> it's it's like most... really bad editing as well because it yeah. makes him look shit. Him like, and then it cuts to the Gatling gun guy and he's just like, you know, eating his lunch, putting it in. The editing is like, the editing is quite piss poor in this film. Like, and that's a, and that's, I'm talking about within dialogue scenes as well. I was counting to myself how many times they would cut between the two characters as someone was speaking. Yeah. It's insane. Like, there's a conversation between Celine and Theo at the front of the castle when mm. she's talking about yeah, the ring. Yeah, yeah. And it's such an intimate conversation and they are cutting 
Like, I, it was some ridiculous number. Like, they're cutting too much? Is that what you're saying? R ridiculous amount of editing. Like, yeah. the pacing is just so off. None of it feels natural. The reactions are off. Like, none of it felt real. And I'm like, and I'm like, whoa, like, I can't even pay attention to this because there's so much happening. I'm like, you've got to settle down, man. You know, like, mm. if you're going to do exposition, just do it right. Like, just do it. If, you, if that's the film you're going to make, do it right. Don't make it something it's not. It's not a fun, fast-paced action scene. Don't cut it like a fun, fast-paced action scene because you end up with people not being capable of paying attention to what's being said, you know? It was, yeah, that was a moment that really frustrated me because it, it, it came through in the editing of the action scenes as well where I'm like, oh my God, like they're doing that thing every action film these days does where they cut 30 times in a second because they can't, they don't have the budget to choreograph a proper scene, you know? And like, it's, it's quite frustrating, you know? See, I don't um, mind it in in action if it's done right, right to keep your heart rate up. But like, mm. if it's yeah, if 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 you've noticed it, it, it hasn't done its job. That's yeah. that's the problem there. I I didn't particularly notice it, so it didn't stand out to me. But for you to be taken out like that's not a good thing. No, <laughs> and like, and it, it's quite irksome because I actually kind of I, I went into this film in a good in a good like with a good perspective. Something I'm trying to do even more with films that I. I expect to be bad. I try to go in and enjoy them. Like Dr. Stranger did the same thing where I went in thinking, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just enjoy it. You know, what's the point of hating it? Yeah. Even though Dr. Strange wasn't too crash hot. Um, and I did the same thing here. So like to do, yeah, it was quite disappointing. You're, looking, is, you're looking for light and you're, and you're yeah, still getting darkness. I'm, yep. I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to get a bit of you, you in me. Not like, <laughs> not like you having sex with me, but like you, just like your perspective because you know, but I start, I just question everything. Like, why is it that they make a big deal about this stupid silver sword that Theo's going to get? They make this huge deal. This is the sword you, your mum wanted you to have it. And he literally says werewolves flinch at the sight of it. Mm. Not a one werewolf flinched. <laughs> Not one was afraid of this sword. The, literally, he drops it at the end. Like, it just, he just drops it, picks up another one to, to deal with that, that vampire chick. I'm like, why would you put so much emphasis into one item, one hero prop, For and then just neglect it immediately? Like, what is the point of that? Like, what? Why? Like, just, yeah. who cares if it, like, just don't have the sword be a big deal. If you, if, F me in the A. Like, I just... <laughs> Stuff like that. There was another what? moment that I totally questioned as well that made no sense to me. It was such a big deal in the film and it never turned into anything. I can't remember what it was. I think it was... It was like the vampire... Her blood or something has turned into this big deal. Like, it's this big thing. And, like, it never amounts to anything. Like, it never amounts to anything in the well, film. Well, her blood... Her blood, when, when um, Samira, the bad vampire chick, drinks mm. it, she becomes... Um, she can stand in the sunlight. So that's the big deal there. Yeah, which like is literally is the reason she dies. And I get it. Her own arrogance kills her. Very poetic. Very poetic underworld creative team. But like, it just... <laughs> I liked it. I, I, just, I was just like, oh my God, like you've made such a big deal about this thing again. And it ju it, it's nothing. Like it's nothing, really. She's not really that powerful. She dies the moment she confronts Theo. Like he wins. You know, she doesn't ever... She, you never see her tear it up, is what I'm saying. I want to see her tear it up. You're yeah, going to be well, like... Well, what? Do, yeah. how did you feel about her to start with? Because I thought she was quite a good villain. Like, I... Yeah, I, I was, was. I was with her. Um, but you are right. It, it did. It was very anticlimactic, wasn't it? 
She um, was a great villain at the start when she like was like on in her in the run. She was the main villain because she betrayed and she was dishonest. Mm. And you, I hated her more than the guy who literally is just trying to do his thing for his kind. You yeah, know, and yeah. like, and then I'm just like, I don't know. They just they turn her into a B grade villain. They make the other dude the main villain, and that's so annoying because he's not. Like he's clearly not. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are so right there. I did like the way that she died, though. I like her ar- arrogance killing her. It's, oh, it worked, and then fucking bitch. Yeah. Like, I had a... It that was been, probably... That's probably my favorite part of the film, to be honest. I probably would have enjoyed it more if I got to see her be more evil. You know what I mean? Like, mm. got to see her be an evil, evil biatch. But instead, I don't. And so well, I'm you, left You with- do. You see her being all manipulative and stuff. Are you talking, like, once she got her powers... You want to see yeah, her like get to yeah. get to the to point where her. it's like, how do we yeah. beat this chick? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. instead, she's nothing. And like, and there's we, a, sorry, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, and then we get Marius, who, mm. to me, was never really a threat to start with because I can't really no. figure out what the hell he is. He was. He's the thing that Michael was in the first one. He's a hybrid, but it's not really played on. Well, they're sort they of talking just... about like he's like better than him. Like he's yeah. he's something different. But I, I'm I'm like, uh, is this just another hybrid here? Like. I don't understand. I don't know what he is supposed to be, and it's a, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Like it's they don't it's go into odd. it, do they? Like no. you just watched it, I can't remember. But it's a, it's an odd thing. One of the things I I don't know. There are cool moments though. There's a moment where um, Theo and Marius are like just drilling each other with bullets yeah. and just confront each other, and they're just screaming at each other, and the bullets are falling and they're out, popping out. Yeah, and like I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, that is filmmaking. Like I know about their characters, I know about their personalities, I know what they are. I I'd learned so much in that one moment about these two characters. You know what I mean? Like in that one moment where nothing is said, and it's a film full of exposition, and I'm like, you literally have the ability to take these characters in any direction you want because they're fan- they're fantastical. You know, they're they're mythical. And instead, mm. like I get, we get like a bunch of exposition and crap for so long, and it's so disappointing because it just it could it could have been so much with moments like that, like p- playing on the fact that they're vampires and playing on the animalistic traits. I'm not saying I want to like I don't want to see them struggle being a vampire. I just want it to be I want it to be an aspect of who they are sometimes because when it is, it's interesting to watch. And instead of it being this weird. Pride and Prejudice combination with Resident Evil, which is what we kind of get, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you said you liked the snow fight, like the fight under yeah, the frozen... Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. That was fresh. I really liked that. Like, that's a showdown. That should have been the final showdown, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah. Because the final showdown was a bit underwhelming, I felt. Um, I just, I, I was just talking about this with Pete, because he worked on that part, and he worked on the snow fight part. He did a lot of the stuff for, for Marius. And like when he was telling me, cause he told me before I even saw the movie, he's like, yeah, so I did this bit with, um, with Marius in the final, they're in like a cage and I've got him like throwing these fucking haymakers at her, like really knocking the shit out of her. And I thought it was yeah. like, they're going to be this massive showdown, this big thing. And it ends up being a really quick fight. And even Pete was like, yeah, it was a lot quicker than what I thought it would be. And I, I find that really interesting because, yeah, that first fight is so much more epic. <laughs> and I suppose it's supposed to be because we get the death of Selena, don't we? Yeah. Which, well, I really, I really thought that she wasn't coming back. Yeah, definitely the person that's running a franchise is dead. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it wasn't... I don't feel like it was even that big a deal. Like, yeah, the sword going through her was like, oh, shit. She's a you vampire! Know? She's a vampire. She can that take this stuff, yeah. She gets shot seven times. And like I did, I was like, wait, why is she not burning up? Are those bullets? Are they not 
the bullets that kill vampires immediately? Like, are they just regular bullets? Why mm. does Celine get shot with regular bullets? Why is she not getting shot with UV bullets that literally burn people? Oh, right, because of the sunlight. Don't. Never mind. Never mind. I it get wouldn't it. hurt her. Yeah, but yeah, even so, it. like, there needs to be something that hurts her. Like, it's. I think the whole thing in this 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 franchise is like bullets kind of slows things down but doesn't particularly kill them unless it's convenient to the Celine just doesn't give a damn hey like in this whole film when I'm watching it she doesn't care ever like even at the end she only cares when she finds out that an old mate killed her boyfriend but the whole way through it I'm watching her like she gets shot she's like this is the end of my story like she doesn't care she's like whatever you know like she's so over it and I'm like man I'd be over it too these characters are so annoying like she's just trying to do it like the whole time, she's just trying to do her thing. She's like, hey, they're like, hey, come back and like, well, um, you can train the vampires. And she's like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. I just want to be left alone. And they're like, no, 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 come back. And she gets betrayed. And then everyone's like, dude, where's your daughter? And she's like, dude, I don't know where my daughter is. I don't know. I don't know where she is. Leave me alone. I don't have any idea where my daughter is at all. And they're all like, you don't, you're lying to me. And she's like, I'm not. I don't care. Like, she doesn't, she's not even lying at all throughout the film. She just doesn't care. Yeah. I don't know where my daughter is. Let me live. Let me just do my, I just, man, I just want to go sit at the bay at Southport on the Gold Coast and drink coffee. Like, like that's, I feel like that's her <laughs> ultimate goal is I just want to chill out, man. Like, let yeah. me like smoke some cones and, and relax. I'm a thousand years old. Anyway. Yeah. That's, it's just, that's what it felt like. It, it is. Quite... It does. With the blood licking thing, I've mm. got a question about that. Yeah, please. Now, to me... As the underworld, as the underworld professional, gu- I can yeah, answer this question. You're the guru here. Yeah. Um, now, they seem to use that that trick quite a bit yeah. in this particular movie. It's, it's some blood. Like everybody can just lick blood and see everyone's memories. And that's yeah. just like, that's just a thing. It's just a thing in the vampire world. Yeah. It's Probably just a thing. With, Don't get into know. it. Don't get into it. But I feel like it should be a bigger deal. So it comes into it. I, I can't remember. Does they, do they do it in the first movie? I can't remember, but they definitely do it in the second movie, but it's Marcus who does it. And, Underworld fans out there, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he's the only one who does it in that movie, and he is, like, a fucking elder vampire. So I feel like it should be a power that only a really powerful vampire can do, whereas just little noobs can do it in this one. And and it's just, like, willy-nilly licking blood here, I can see. Like, I feel like it's just too convenient as a plot device. Everything in this film is too convenient. Every single time a character's in trouble... Convenience saves them. The reason Theo kills the main evil villain is because she's busy looking out a window. Like, she quite literally could have won that fight. She was winning that fight. The reason Celine wins is because she just happens to easily rip out this thing's spine. Spine. Like... (laughs) Like just, well, like, she got those new powers by going Super Saiyan. Uh, yeah, Let's right. talk about that. Blonde hair, of course. Yeah, no. So she goes. <laughs> so she, she dies. Dip in the pool, yeah. which isn't explained, and you're just told by some blonde vampire. You're told by Khaleesi from Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just letting you know, um, you go in the water. You're pretty much gonna be like you're gonna figure the it all out. The best thing ever. Yeah. And so she goes, all right, and she's right, and suddenly she's just all almighty powerful and can do everything. How, how, how great. How convenient is that? That's awesome. Really, 10 out of 10 moment there. I'm really happy that <laughs> one of the biggest reasons 
that the characters succeed in this film is not explained whatsoever. But at least I know the entire backstory as to Theo and his family. I'm glad I got to see that. (laughs) Over and over and over. I'm I'm really happy that I've been told that at least seven times before (laughs) Celine, the main character, who doesn't want to be here, comes back and saves the day. I'm really, yep, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, that was, wasn't it? But it's, and it's my, my next question about that, not unlike the UV bullets, like if this is a power that can be done, why aren't there more vampires, you know, going to the other side and coming back more powerful? I know she's probably going to be more powerful again because she's already built a bunch of different powers and she's got like pure blood and all this fucking crazy shit. But I just, it's because it's not explained it doesn't make sense to me if there's only a few of them that do it though. Like, I feel like just like ex- at least explain that you have to be of a certain caliber of vampire to be able to do this. Do they, I don't feel like they no, even explain they that. they don't. You just go for a dip in the magic water and you can do it. Yeah. It's just like, again, it's just convenience. Anything is, it's just all convenience and, and that's fine. If you explain that it's actually really difficult and they don't, they're just like, yep, you can do this thing and you'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, She's paralyzed by a knife and then like she's left in a coma, but they just unplug her and he's like, he's like, Hey mate, have a sip of my arm and you'll be sweet. And he, she is sweet. She doesn't even struggle. She's got no like issue with control. Just, Oh yeah, I'm good. Like every time, ah, ah, I've been shot with a, with a tracker. Ah, ah, possible complication in the plot. She's like, no, all good. Cut you open. There it's gone. Oh, Hey, some vampires are here. Oh, look that whole thing about the tracker tracking you down the werewolves oh no we're fine we're here like it's just like nothing like any time a problem occurs everyone's fine the only time she's not is when she gets shot up by the main bad guy and she's fine anyway she's like yep see ya I'm looking for a dip and just goes in the water like that's the whole film every single thing that ah everything why like why you know why don't you just let a problem play out and let this issue become something bigger instead of, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Like, that's what it is. Oh, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, even, even the whole, um, oh, hey, mate, you're the rightful heir to the throne. He goes, no, I'm not. I hate that job. And you're like, oh, like, that'll be interesting. Like, he's got all the options here. Like, what's he going <laughs> to do? Straight up, Celine's like, dude, do it. Here, look at this blood. So convenient. Oh, good thing I could see the exact feeling my mother had and I couldn't actually make the choice myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's just everything. God! Very convenient. But the ice fight was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Let's wrap it up. Look, bottom line. Oh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, the good. The ice fight. What's your good? Oh, you've got to give me a sec to put in the good, the bad, and the ugly theme. Do it again. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Sorry. All right, what's up next? Uh, Because I spoke to uh, good, the bad, the ugly. Good. What's my good? My good yeah. is how Samira gets killed. I like that arrogance. I like her just getting stabbed. I liked her as a character. I thought um, she was the strongest part of it. We didn't really talk about her much because there really isn't much to her, really. Because everything around her convolutes her character and brings her down. We've got Marius being kind of nothing, just another hybrid. So what I mean. Like, uh, I know I'm talking about my good here, but like we're... we're we're 
following the same things. Like, we've already had a hybrid. Yeah. We've already had people get chased. Anyway, anyway, your, what's your good? Uh, my good is the ice fight. That was sick. I really liked that. That was actually a pretty cool scene, and it kind of, like, felt like what the film, the whole franchise should be. If you're mm. going to go real dank and dark, like, let's make it really cool. Like, let's, I want to see more of this. But instead, we don't get a lot of that. The bad. What's your bad? The pacing. The fact that I zoned out in this movie yeah. is unforgivable. That's it. Um, my my bad would be, um, I like I'm gonna say plot holes, but I want to bring up. Uh, you know what? My bad. This for this my bad is the neglect of the villain, the 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 female villain That's like Samira. that. Yeah. She's made into nothing. That was bad. What's your ugly? My ugly is definitely the fact that they don't shoot the morphing lichens. <laughs> Oh, you stole <laughs> and, my ugly. That's and all, ugly. all of that shooting stuff, like the whole UV thing, that, that whole scene, anytime that anyone's shooting at anyone, it's kind of like, are you actually hitting anyone? Or what's going on here? Like, that is just fucking disgusting. <laughs> That's how ugly that is. Is that my, your ugly too? No, my I'm going to change my ugly. My Ooh. ugly is, um, is definitely, without a doubt, as I'm trying to think of one, as I say my ugly, I had it in my head just before. What was it? Oh, what was it? Um, look, the editing, the editing is hideous, like, it just is not okay. Like, it's not okay that I'm capable of noticing how many cuts you're taking within a dialogue scene. That's not okay. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Look, uh, bottom line is, I don't care for franchises, as we're all aware. And unfortunately, I'm watching another franchise film because the entirety of what is in cinema now is pretty much a franchise film. It's really disappointing. It's really, really disappointing because you get stuff like this, where it's the same plot again as another one. The lead actress is clearly doing it for a paycheck and you end up with a boring story, lackluster action scenes, and just something that is quite literally filling a void. Like, it's just like, okay, well, we make money from it, so let's just tick the boxes that'll make sure we make money and we can get another one done. And that's what this film does. It's the same plot. They don't take any risks. They don't do anything special. They neglect certain people. The exposition is dreadful. Um, there's a couple of fun scenes. It's not necessarily a bad film. Like, I'm not sitting here hating it. Like, I didn't hate it. It's just nothing special. Like, it just, it's so B, it's just such a C-grade film. It's just, it's so white bread. You know what I mean? Like, I, I went, like, if someone said to me Underworld before I saw the, the franchise and, and kind of my very, 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 very little knowledge of what it is, this is what I'd expect, you know? Yeah. Boring sort of, act, like, mediocre action, mediocre story, and a buttload of exposition. The performances were pretty good, which I really liked, but stop franchising stuff, yeah? Come up with some original entities for the love of god fish and i quite literally sit here every week and review these films and i can't actually think of the last film we saw which wasn't part of a franchise which wasn't part of someone like one individual who has a broad list of the same sort of thing the notebook literally nicholas sparks that's a franchise he's a franchise in himself you know? yeah fantastic beasts another one this resident evil like and it's not like we want to sit here and do it but we do it because this is what's popular and this is what's going to get interest and this is what we like this is what's garnering any sort of attention next week we're doing what are we doing next week resident evil the week after that we're doing rogue one i love star wars and i'm still pissed that i've got to review another freaking <laughs> franchise film doctor strange it's all the same Seriously, like, if you're listening to this right now, think about what you're spending money on watching. 
Think about the fact that we didn't review Hacksaw Ridge or anything like that because bigger films were out, and by bigger we mean the ones that have sequels are out, yeah? And we review them because they get more interest. That is the state of cinema right now. Think about what you're watching. I, I don't care. 2.5 out of 5. Fucking white bread. <laughs> the most average of average scores. It's funny that you say that um, because... You know, like I like franchises. I'm I'm all about a good franchise. I I can see the weakness in franchise, and this definitely has a lot of them. But one thing I will say is that I am impressed that they've made a sequel to a decade old franchise. Yeah, like they haven't gone and rebooted it because originally this was gonna be a reboot. A reboot. And yeah. old mate Theo James was gonna be the main character, which I just don't want to see. I wouldn't have seen this movie if it didn't have Kate Beckinsale in it, to be honest. I, that's the only reason why I had any kind of interest because I, I've never really, like I said, I've never particularly been behind this franchise as it is. But if you take away the star and just make it another generic vampire versus werewolves thing, I'm kind of like, nah, I don't need that. And it still is a very generic vampires versus werewolves thing. And this movie almost didn't even get finished. Pete was telling me before as well. Um, they shot it and then it got it got benched because they were like, ah, nah. But then they kind of were like, well, we'll probably make a few bucks from it. Well, I'm assuming that's what they said. And, and then threw it out. And that's what I want to know. Like, you're angry about the people doing the franchise things. Yeah, I understand that. But what I want to know is why did this one get a new one? As much as I like the idea of advancing the story... Why did this one get a new one? I don't feel like this is big enough. This isn't Marvel. This isn't even Nicholas Sparks, you know what I mean, in, in, in terms of popularity. This is something that, you know, you would see the the sequel would get made and get put straight to, you know, iTunes yeah. or DVD. So I'm, re I'm still so confused as to why this one. Who greenlit this? And then my next question is, who wrote this? And was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I've been really thinking about the Underworld saga, and I'm got, I've got this really good next chapter that's going to, you know, really up the ante. You just told the same story. You told the same story that I saw in the first one. Like, it's... Uh, what? Why? Why? Yep. It didn't need to get made. It didn't need to get made. Like I said, I like franchises and I want a next. I want the next step in this story, and I feel like this is almost a step back. Like we're talking about hybrids again. We're chasing somebody for their blood. It's all the same shit. Don't make a, a sequel if it's so damn similar. Like, unless it's The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's that one thing I like. But I came yeah. out of this movie pretty much ex getting pretty much what I expected going into it, and that was exactly what you just described as complete white bread just yeah. uh something that i watched and i and i quickly forget besides the fact that i actually went back and watched the other two movies and the only reason i did that was because i wanted to come in with some sort of backstory to do a review about it because i feel like I, I i don't like to be like that i don't like to not know the backstory i, I feel like at least one of us needs to know it um you know when we did harry potter we were both very like oh, we're like, i what? can't really remember what's um, happening in harry potter yeah who's that like yeah. Us, yeah. So I I wanted to amend that. So I went back and watched the other ones. And to be honest, I have I've enjoyed those ones, but mm. this one is a bit of a disappointment. Even even after watching those ones, but I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. So I'm right there in the middle as well, at the two point five mark. Cool. Look at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. White bread. Look, in all seriousness, just before we wrap up, I honestly think that something needs to come through with Screen Australia and our and our, the way our cinema works, and quite literally, there needs to be given like really good grants to um, to rising filmmakers. And I'm not saying like that we all need to be, and that's not just because I'm a filmmaker and Fish is a filmmaker, and we probably both find ourselves thinking, I really want to get paid money to do the thing I like now. Um, <laughs> but bottom line is. Um, in all honesty, in my opinion, I think the movie industry is dying. And I think the movie industry is dying because um, of exactly what I rant about all the time. And I know Fish likes franchises. I like franchises of, of things I like. You know what I mean? We all do. That's the point. That's why they do well. It's because it's more of what you want. That's not sustainable as a business because fads die and new things come up. And the way everything kind of operates is that they're giving the same people and the same, the same directors and the same crews and the same production companies more money to do the same thing. And that's, that's not a sustainable out. Like that's not a, that's not how business works. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, that's not how things work because eventually they die out. Those businesses fail, something happens and you've literally left an entire generation of filmmakers in the dark who haven't had the ability to make anything and suddenly the next generation don't want to make films because there's literally no work and suddenly we have no filmmaking business left and once all those fads die out and there's four filmmakers left in Queensland, Victoria, Australia, we're all going to be effed in the A and we're all going to be reviewing some garbage that's like the next, the 20th whatever film. It's killing me, man. I, it's killing me on the inside. I just graduated uni. Maybe that's why I'm so worked up. You're so the The problem is, though, that I feel like it, it is sustainable because people are seeing these movies. That's the problem is we're going and, and like, I'm seeing them because I, I yeah. want to see what's up. I want to see, you know, what are they throwing their money at? And, you know, we come here on, on here every week and, and bitch about it. But I, I, I think it, I, I, it's the problem is that, you know, once that fad dies, there's going to be a new franchise that's just started up and they'll keep yeah. with that. Um, they do. I feel like cinemas need to allocate a certain amount of screens to independent films yeah. or upcoming filmmakers because that's where the new ideas are and that's where you spawn new franchises that make you more money. So I don't think franchises are ever going to die and I'm not particularly about them dying, but I do want to see some new stuff. Cinemas, cinemas will die. That's my, like, I think, I think exhibitionists, so cinemas, seeing a film at the movies, I think that's a dying thing because the mm. only time uh, my work... In Queensland and, it is. <laughs> yeah, and the only time that sort of thing is making money is when big blockbuster films are out. And unfortunately, big film, blockbuster films are not out every week. They're out maybe it once just, a month. It depends on the culture. Like, the Melbourne cinema culture is huge down here yeah, like they're, mean, melbourne, they're opening melbourne, new things every time so arts, it's arts culture is huge in melbourne though like i mean melbourne as an artistic city is is massive that's where you go well where you know? where it's at with cinema, like we could this could go on for hours us talking yeah. about cinemas but like where it's at for cinemas is to make new experiences like you need yeah. you know like the gold class was like a big thing when it first came out and people have kind of done it it's over overpriced you need somewhere in between you need like boutique cinemas that are a bit funky doing something a bit fun um like outdoor cinemas are a really big thing down here actually just over the weekend i went to a horror movie camp out which they wow. you go and you camp out overnight and you watch a, a double feature of horror films wow that's awesome on an outdoor screen it was so good and you yeah. make a festival out of it you make something because that's what people are there for they're for experiences so i 
I don't think cinema will ever fully die. There will always be some sort of exhibitionist platform. I, I, I do think that people are going less and less and less mainstream, to the films. Mainstream movie, like movie. I don't and, know. Look, but that's I'm the 20- problem. And that's, but that, that, that therein brings, mm. brings up the problem that you just said is like the fact that the franchises are what people are getting annoyed. Your normal everyday Joe who goes to the movie isn't going to take a chance on your next film. Or my next film. They're going to go see the next Avengers film. Yeah, exactly. Because they, it's safe. They understand it. They know what it is. It costs them like, you know, 150 bucks to take their family to the movies. They're, gonna, they're not going to take a chance. They want familiarity. And that's the problem. I think the problem is that it's just too damn expensive. That's the problem. But because less and less people are going to the cinemas, the cinemas need to up their rates. So it's kind of like we're, we're all fucking each other. <laughs> yeah. Look, what do we know? I'm 20, I just graduated from uni. I don't have a job in the film industry yet. What do I know? Fish is trying to make it just like I am. When we're making millions, probably our, our, opinion, our opinion's probably gonna be a little more validated. But until then, we're just two idiots who like to talk about movies. Follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbean. You know the drill. Play the music, Fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Underworld, Blood Wars, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Underworld, Blood Wars, official trailer music is performed by colossal trailer music Icarus Lives, and the track The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly titles is performed by Ennio Morricone. (laughs)